Yes, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. And I just pray right now, in Jesus' name, that you would help me communicate your word. Lord, that lives would change, that minds would change, that spirits would grow, that people that are far away from you would run back to you, that, Lord, your church would be discipled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Lord, with faith-filled mindsets, in Jesus' name, let it hit them the way it needs to, I pray, right now, in a faith-filled church, said... All right, Revelation 12, verse 1, a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Some of the ladies know what I'm talking about. Verse 3, Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. Speaking of Lucifer, when he fell, taking a third of the angels. Uh, Verse 4 and a half, The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour. Someone say devour. Her child, the moment he was born, she gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter, speaking of Jesus, and her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days or three and a half years. Verse 7, are you still with me? Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels, they fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient snake called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray, he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Verse 10, then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now I've come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been held down. They triumphed over him, someone say triumph, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore, rejoice you heavens and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. I'm almost done. Are you still with me? Isn't this just an amazing passage of Scripture? Go home, read it, sit in it. It is cool. Verse 13, when the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness where she would be taken care of for a time times half a time. Simple way to say three and a half years out of the snake's reach. Verse 15, then from his mouth, the snake spewed water. That's important. Someone say spewed water. Like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Verse 17, then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. Someone say amen. amen. Come on, grab your seats and say, come on. Come on, come on slap your neighbor and say, come on. <laughs> How many feel like you got your Bible reading in today? Right? Wasn't that a large passage of Scripture, but I didn't know where else to take out some stuff. So hopefully you can handle that. 
Um, I was walking uh, just yesterday to uh, my son's, actually my daughter's soccer game, and uh, little Shelly was playing soccer, and Miriam says to me, goodness, I wish I brought my, uh, my glasses. Uh, what she meant to say really was, I can't see Jack squat. Um, so, uh, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, she's like, is that a horse or a person? I'm like, babe, that's your son. Stop calling him a horse. Like, it's just all blurry and so forth. And what you've got to understand is that every single one of us view things a certain way, don't we? Depending on our age, uh, you know, I got injured recently and people are like, oh, you're not as young as you used to be. And then I slap them and so forth. And, and uh, however, if you're 70 in here, you think I'm a young man. If you're 19 in here, you think I'm an old man and I'll slap you too. And, um, and the reality is that because of your cultural background, your family background, you view things, don't you? You view it in a certain way. We can't help but do it. From our family, we view things from culture. But understand this, that heaven has a different vantage point. Heaven has a, a different way to look at it. It doesn't have skew. It doesn't have spin. It's, it's not told lots of lies. And so when, when heaven looks at things, it sees it from a truth perspective, and it sees it from an eternal perspective. And so it knows what's important. Can I get an amen? Um, heaven sees it differently. Have you, have you thought of um, little baby Jesus being born in a manger and there's Mary and Joseph and there's angels and there's shepherds and, and oh, silent night. I think I have a picture here for you. Isn't that beautiful? Don't you think of Christmas? And like, oh, Christmas is coming and presents and, and so forth. And how many go, oh, that's nice. See, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? But what's so interesting about this story is after the wise men actually leave, the angel of God literally shows up to Joseph in a dream and says, by the way, Joseph, you need to head to Egypt and you need to hide there because someone's trying to kill your baby. Now, I, I've had a baby. My wife has had a baby. I at least was there, right? I was there. I hung out there. I, uh, I remember the first time I ever held my baby. I cried like a little baby, honestly, holding Benjamin for the first time. And he was born December 18th. But then two days later, we drove home from, I think it was the West Orange Hospital there. And we drove and there was snow on the ground. So I'm literally driving like 40 miles an hour on the turnpike, like, stay away from me, you devils. And so forth and 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 most of our issues when we have babies is have you washed your hands with anti-sanitizer and so forth and and uh, think about Mary and Joseph now Joseph is already in the doghouse because he forgot to get a flipping hotel for the night okay he, Mary's being born or that Jesus being born in a where uh, cows are being born and and cows eat their stuff and there's big poo patties and so forth, and it smells super nice, and you and I are like, oh, have you sanitized your hand, have you? You know, there was none of that, but then the night that um, Mary and Jesus and Joseph are together, an angel says, I'm, uh, you need to go to Egypt because someone is going to kill your baby. Now, I couldn't imagine that. I was driving 40 miles an hour on the turnpike because I was just afraid of trucks. Can you imagine the night before I had a dream that an angel showed up and said, leave New Jersey, someone's trying to kill your baby. Could you imagine how nervous I would be at that moment? 
What I want you to understand is heaven has another perspective. And what I want you to see is, is that when and Mary, the mother of Jesus, is giving birth to the purpose of God, which is the Messiah, which is Jesus, understand this, that heaven immediately sees a, a dragon coming and trying to devour God's purpose. Understand this, that when you and I are trying to bring forth God's purpose in our lives, there is many times a spiritual assignment, a spiritual attack against our lives. And you, you're like, all of a sudden you decide to move forward in the things of God. And then all of a sudden you're like, how come everything's going wrong? So you've got to understand that sometimes we picture following Jesus like that picture up on the screen. Like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? Dancing in the fields with Jesus. But how many know that there is a war going on? And the book of Revelation, and so let me backtrack just a moment. Listen, there are theologians that believe that the woman in this story is uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. There are other theologians that would tell us that this is the body of Christ itself. But because there are so many similar analogies, I want to pull some lessons out of this story, out of the life of Mary, so that you and I can understand how it is to bring about God's purpose in our life. Listen to Revelation chapter 12, verse 4. Here's what the Bible says. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon, some will say as soon, as it was born, she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. Now watch this now. Then the woman fled into the wilderness. Some translations, I believe, even say the desert, where she has a place prepared by God. Now notice that the, the angel shows up and says, you are to depart from Egypt. Egypt is basically a land of deserts. There is a western desert and there is an eastern desert. And the western desert of Egypt literally takes up 75% of the whole nation. The eastern desert takes up a lot. And then there's just a small place where it's inhabited. And so understand that the angel has to send Mary off to a completely different place. But here's the thing. How do you bring about the purpose of God? How many know that Mary had heard God's voice? Right? She had heard God's voice, but it isn't enough to hear God's voice one time, is it? Because you're meant to follow Jesus, not just follow one time. You are to be following, right? So if I'm going to continue to bring about God's purpose in my life, I can't just hear God's voice one time. I actually must hear God's voice regularly so that my faith can be in a position that when He speaks, I trust Him enough and I, and I need to obey. Does that make sense? But I want, to, I want you to see for a moment Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2 verse 13 says this. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee, someone say flee, flee. to Egypt and stay there until I bring about your word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Now I want you to flick on down, guys, to um, Matthew chapter 2, verse 7. Matthew 2, verse 7 says this, Then Herod, when he had secretly, someone say secretly, called the wise men, he determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Someone say, That's a lie. Someone say his motivation's wrong. His motivation was he wanted to hold on to his own kingdom. 
His motivation was selfish. His motivation was self-centered. He was envious. He thought he was about to lose his kingdom. Now watch this now in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. Someone say he's angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Now, here's what's important. Here's what I want you to catch. From Earth's perspective, we just think we have a leader who's a bit of a psycho. We think we have a governmental leader. We think we have some guy called... Kim Jong-un or whatever just wants to blow stuff up. We, we, we think this because we're only looking at it from an earthly perspective. We think that leader's crazy. But here's the challenge. From heaven's perspective, it said he was simply motivated by Satan. Here's what's interesting about this passage of Scripture, and I don't want you to miss this, is this is that when governmental or even religious leaders are at war with one another, sometimes it's not because they're at war with one another. Sometimes it means they're motivated by a different spirit. Now, I do want to be careful here because that means if you're a Democrat, you demonize the Republicans. If you're a Republican, you demonize the, 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 the other ones. And, and I don't want you to go there, but understand this. From heaven's perspective, a king wanted to kill children. Because he was envious, he was holding on to his own selfishness, he was protective of his own agenda, and he didn't realize that in the behavior and the heart condition of that situation, he didn't realize that actually he was motivated by Satan himself. So when a government leader wants to kill people many times, how many know that perhaps there could be a spirit involved? How many know that when a movement wants to kill unborn children, how many know there might be a spirit involved? I was so encouraged the other day at, at, at our Giving Christmas Away event, I had a beautiful young girl come up to me and say, she never told me this, I preached at a young people's event about a year and a half ago, and um, on that night I was talking about God's purpose, God's plan, God has created you for a reason, and so forth, and she came up to me and said, Anthony, I just want to let you know that the next day I was planning to have an abortion. She'd had one baby out of wedlock and, and another one was coming and it was kind of embarrassing and so forth. But she said, I promise you on that day, my mind changed. It was like something spoke to me that God has a plan for this child, even though it's a mistake, even though it's, we didn't plan, even though there's sin, even though all those kinds of things. And so what I want you to understand, church, what I need you to understand is sometimes we have this agenda and that agenda, but do you know that certain agendas are motivated by hell? And certain agendas are motivated by heaven. And the Word of God is to teach us, it is to encourage us, it is to build us, but sometimes the Word of God is to be like a knife and discern certain spirits that are to motivate certain things, right? Now, how many of you know that we are commanded by Jesus, our master, to love everyone, yeah. right? We are commanded to love people who like us, love people who even hate us. So does that mean that uh, people that don't like you, you ought to love them? Yes, people that believe differently than you, that you ought to love them, yeah. right? People that have a different political opinion, people that have a different agenda, people that have a different religion to you, are you to love those people? 
How many know that sometimes you struggle to do that? Yeah. Oh, that was quite a loud yes. <laughs> I know I, I feel the wrestle of different philosophies. I feel the wrestle on my inside of sometimes I see someone, I just, I don't know about that and so forth. And I have to ask the love of Jesus to come in and to really help me with it. From heaven's perspective, I want you to hear this. From heaven's perspective, understand this, that the Christian worldview or the Christian religion and the Muslim religion are after the exact same thing. The Christian religion is after world domination. In other words, discipleship. Do you know that Jesus wants everyone to be a disciple? Do you know that Jesus wants everyone saved? Do you know the Muslim religion wants world domination? Make no mistake about it. They want world domination. What a, a, a Muslim, an authentic Muslim, wants you to, and me to follow Muhammad. An authentic Christian wants everyone to follow Jesus. So if that is true, and if we are to look at that from heaven's perspective, guess what? They are two opposing spirits warring against one another. They are two opposing mentalities. Now, does that mean that if someone has a different mentality, different belief, we are to respect everyone? We're to love everyone. But that does not mean in an age of tolerance, and you can't say anything that offends anyone, in an age of tolerance, you've got to understand that that does not mean we have to tolerate or be tolerant to everyone's ideas. As a Christian, I don't have to be tolerant to everyone's ideas. Now, if I'm going to be wise and if I'm going to be gracious, then I should speak to them in a way that is gracious, that is wise, that is loving, that is smart, that is tactful. It doesn't mean I should grab my Bible and just start beating them. (laughs) I beat you with the Word of God in Jesus' name. Um, if you understand this philosophy, you, you will respect someone like Ravi Zachariah in such a unique way because this guy is always dealing with people that disagree with him. But I've never seen him not be gracious. I have never seen him not, not deal with someone in an authentic way, but takes their philosophy and tries to lead them to a Jesus philosophy. Right? And that is what Christians are to do. That is what Church Alive is to do. Listen, if you're a Facebook blogger and you love just beating people on Facebook and Instagram every moment you have, you think that Instagram is your preaching moment and so forth, I probably doubt it. Do it graciously. Do it graciously. Do it graciously. But then at different times, you may just have to stand up for truth. Does that make sense? See, earth's perspective was Herod just went a little crazy. Heaven's perspective was that he was literally dominated by Satan. That's on a governmental level. That's on a country level. But I want to point out a passage of scripture that is challenging. Here's what James chapter 3 says in verse 14. But if you have bitter envy, this is what King Herod had. If you have envy and if you have self-seeking in your hearts, it says, do not boast and lie against the truth. Verse 15 says this, watch this now. This wisdom does not descend from above. Then it says it's earthly, it's sensual, 
or unspiritual. And then it even says it's demonic. King Herod was envious, he, he was self-seeking, and he boasted and lied against the truth. And then the book of James says, this wisdom does not ascend, uh, sorry, descend from above. It's earthly, it's sensual, and even demonic. Now watch this now, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. This is why it's so important to pray regularly, God, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. This isn't a weekly prayer. This isn't a monthly prayer. This is a daily prayer. God, your kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy, your kingdom of your, your, you are the king. And I come under your alignment. And if you don't come under his alignment, you can't fulfill your assignment. But if I'll come under his alignment, I can fulfill my assignment. How many know Mary, the mother of Jesus, had come under God's alignment? Now she'd come under his, his alignment, she'd come under his rulership, and now she can fulfill what God had for her. Does that make sense? Now watch this now. Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. And the dragon was enraged with a woman... Show that on the screen, guys. Revelation 12, 17. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring. Watch this now. Those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. If this is Mary, we see very clearly in the scriptures that the devil came immediately to attack Jesus and then to attack his disciples and then to attack the church in Acts chapter 5 the Bible says there is a great persecution that rises against the church right but if this is simply the church if this is not Mary and this is the church in Revelation 12 understand that it's just simply followers of Jesus who are going to be attacked by the devil the good news is God is for you the bad news is the devil isn't the good news is that Jesus has already won the victory. The, the good news is that you can and will win the victory if you'll follow him. But here's what I've found in preaching to people for 13, actually for probably 20 years now, is that people are often surprised when they come under some kind of spiritual warfare. Why? Have you read the Bible? Notice that the Bible says, rejoice, O heavens, because the, devil's, the devil has been kicked out. But then it said, woe to the earth and its inhabitants. Why? Because the devil has come down to you. Why are Christians so surprised when the, the demonic spirits attack their life? I don't know why. Because here's what we believe. Here's what we believe. If I ignore him over there, he'll leave me alone. If I just hide under my sheet, the boogeyman can't get me. Um, oh no, there's someone in my house. I know what I'll do. I'll put the sheet over my head and, uh, and I'll just pretend he's not there and he'll go away. 
One, two, three. Oh, he's, shoot, he's still there. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Crap, he's even closer. I know what I'll do. I'll get someone to pray for me. I'm going to text and email anyone I know who I know actually prays. <laughs> oh, there's that one person. He actually goes to church regularly. His life seems to be going pretty well. I'm going to email them. You know what, Pastor? I came to your church twice. I want a meeting with you because the devil's after me. The Bible says this in Ephesians 6. It says, when the day of evil comes. Anthony, I don't like that preaching. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. Then believe his word. You will be attacked. Pastor, are you attacked? Yes. I had a dream the other night that I was literally under fire. Like as in people were shooting guns at me. It wasn't ISIS. It was just the devil. Are you with me? The definition of his insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. If you're never in the Word in six months, if you're still not in the Word, how many of you know your faith's going to be weak? You're still going to be in shame. You're still going to be in guilt. You're still not sure Jesus loves you. Why? Because the devil, the Bible says, he is the accuser of the brethren. Which means he's accusing you on a regular basis, reminding you of your past, reminding you of what you did, reminding you, you call yourself a Christian, you just did that again, let's kick him. See, what the devil does is he tempts us to fall, then we fall, and then he kicks us while we fall. And then he says, you're a bad Christian. You're not even a Christian. God hates you. Here's what I found time and time again. When people leave the house of God, here's what the devil tells them all the time. Don't go back because they'll all talk about you. I can't tell you how many times I'd meet someone and they've left church. They're like, oh, I I, I don't think I can come back because I think what will people say about me? They'll say, hey, good to see you. Give you a little hug. Man hug. Woman hug. However you like it little handshake good to see you we don't have the kind of church that says where have you been you sinner (laughs) are you with me we're glad you're here Jesus is glad you're here what is the answer Joshua 1 verse 6 says this be strong and of good courage For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Someone say strong. Strong. Someone say it's an attitude. attitude. Be strong. It's an attitude. It's an attitude you can choose. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the, the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. How were Joseph and Mary successful? They were successful because they were obedient. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your what? It shall not depart from your what? Your lips or your mouth. It means you've got to speak it. 
You've got to pray it. You've got to speak it. You have to meditate on it. I thought that was just preachers. No. Christians. Christ ins. Like Christ. Are you with me? For you, uh, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. How many want good success? My goodness, it's the promise of Scripture right here. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I was talking to, uh, actually, I, I visited one of the men's connect groups on uh, Thursday night and shared the word with them. And I, and I said to one of them, how do you want to grow in the next uh, you know, season and so forth? He's like, I want to read the Bible more. And I was like, great, what book of the Bible? And the reason I say that is because so many people are wanting to read the Bible, but they haven't just got a place to start. How many know the Bible is kind of a big book? And most of the time, when you have a big project, it's easy to put it off. So don't read the Bible. That might sound like heresy. Read a book of the Bible or a letter of the Bible. Just say, I'm going to read John. I'm going to read Ephesians. How many of you know that, um, well, recently... I got, uh, I pulled a, a tendon, actually got a tear in a tendon in, in my calf and ankle muscle and so forth. And the physiotherapy person is going to give me specific exercises for my specific problem. Yeah. Yeah. I want to encourage you along this. The Bible has specific promises for your specific weakness. Specific promises for your specific weakness. Sometimes you're not motivated to read the Bible because you're not sure what to read in the Bible. Can I tell you that read it regarding your weaknesses or what you want to grow about God? So if you are always falling into gossip, read about gossip. If you're always falling into anger, read about anger. If you're an easily, can I encourage you this? If you're an easily offendable person, read about forgiveness. Hello. I'm breaking the Word of God down for you so you're not just walking out of church just going, I need to read the Bible more. No, I want you to take the Word of God and get good at the bit that you're bad at. In other words, if if, if prayer is bad for you or a struggle for you, read Scriptures on prayer. If you feel like giving up on your marriage right now, read Scriptures on marriage. If your faith feels weak, read Scriptures on faith. If you don't feel like God loves you, read Scriptures on love. If, if, if you are always losing your temper, read scriptures on peace. If you don't have any joy, read and memorize and meditate and pray and speak out loud scriptures on joy. Come on. Are we breaking it down for you today? If you're late to work, read scriptures on laziness. Can I get an amen? amen? If you struggle with generosity, read scriptures on generosity. We must apply the word of God to our particular situation and our particular situation or our particular injury. So that in six months, I find you and I'm chatting to you. And all of a sudden, pastor, I've been applying the word of God. I've been applying and I've been obeying God. And man, God's speaking in my life and my life is moving forward. Instead of the other one, I don't know why life seems hard. I'll tell you why, because you're not standing on the word. The Bible says this, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. How do you have confidence in the blood of the lamb? By reading scriptures on the blood of the lamb. 
The Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. That means they're talking about what good things God is doing instead of the bad things that they're going through. And the Bible then goes on to say, and they love not their lives unto death. They were so committed to Christ that they didn't even care if they died. If someone walked in here today, put a gun at your head and said, are you a Christian? Could you say yes? This is these Christians. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Man, if you are here today and man, you feel like your faith is weak. Get in the house of God so you hear the word of God time and time again. We have never been in a generation where we can hear, watch, hear better things than ever. Listen to podcasts and at the gym and watch YouTube videos and all kinds of stuff. Feed your soul on the word of God. Feed your mind on the word of God. If you want to be strong, you eat protein. If you want to be strong in the spirit, feed on the word of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to to um, deal with your honor. Um, last thing before I have the band come. Actually, band come now. <laughs> Just the instrument people. Josh Faringa, how are you? Good, good to hear. I said... Um, one of our other men said, hey, Anthony, I, I really want to just learn how to hear God's voice. My other thought on that is this. If you want to hear, how many want to hear God's voice? Joseph has a dream that he is to leave to a certain place. And guess what he did? He left. He pays attention to what God speaks to him. And then he goes to Egypt. And then about, theologians tell us, between two and four years later, God speaks to them again. Now it's time to go back because King Herod himself is dead. And they go back and they live in Nazareth. You hear the voice of God when you heed it. So can I encourage you on a very practical level, I believe every Christian should read the Bible, hear the Bible and so forth, just in the area where you're struggling, right? And then read a book of the Bible. And then secondly, write stuff down because when you honor what God says it's it's I can't tell you how many times in my own kind of journal I just keep it September and I write what I feel like God said to me in October I feel like what God said to me I can't tell you how many times I've written down God I think you're saying this to me I'm not sure would you say it again because don't be the type of Christian that just hears God one time and then from there on out you've become this self-proclaimed prophet Every single, single Christian I know who hears God's voice has also been wrong. So you want to be cautious not to be wrong, but you want to know that God is speaking to you because He's your Father. But if God Himself is speaking to you, wouldn't it be worth it to write it down? Moses thought it was worth it, so they wrote it down on two tablets. I have a tablet. I write it down. When God speaks, when God gives me a dream, and He does on a fairly regular basis, I write it down and say, God, what are you saying to me about this? In church, if a preacher's preaching, I write it down because I, I don't want to miss the little moment where God nudges me and gives me that amazing idea or some, some blessing. It's always attached to hearing His voice. Are you with me, church? I tell you... If you're going to be strong in six months from now, from this time, from now, 
I promise you, at some point of the game, you will have decided to get in the Word of God, to hear it, to listen to it, to digest it, and to honour it by speaking, speaking it out loud and writing it down and asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you. How many want to be strong? How many want your faith to go forward? How many want to follow Jesus? How many want the blessing of God in your world? There is no other secret. There's no other way to do it. You have to be able to get it in you. Do you receive that word? Come on, head bowed, eyes closed in this place. Father, thank you for every person here. You love them with a ridiculous love. You demonstrated your love on the cross. There is not a person here, God, that you do not love. There is not a person here, God, that you do not have a plan for. There is not a woman here, God, that has done so much wrong that your grace won't cover her, your mercy won't cover her. There is not a man in here that is too far gone that your mercy will not cover. And so I ask, God, that you would walk through aisles and even now lift spirits and encourage people. And, Lord, lift the head of the weary and give vision to those, Lord, who have lost it and give strength again to those who who so need it. I pray in Jesus' name that your people would value, value your word so that they could know you more in Jesus' name. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this place. Listen, friend, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never met Jesus, if you have religion but you don't have Jesus, if you come to church sometimes but Jesus has never got in you, the Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, the Bible says we shall be saved. God has a purpose for you right now. God has a purpose for your future. God has a purpose for your eternity. He asks that you turn to Him and trust in Him. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ, or you're here today and you know your relationship with God is not where it needs to be, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And that prayer, by faith, will connect you to the grace of God. So every person in this room, every person who watches online, let's pray this simple prayer together. Jesus, I ask you right now, to forgive my sin take my past present and future Holy Spirit I ask that you would fill me Father I call you Daddy today help me walk with you experience your love and become the person I'm called to I ask it now in Jesus name Heads bowed, eyes closed in this place. Listen, if you meant business with God, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to quickly raise your hand. One, two, three. All across this place, would you raise your hand and raise it up real high and say, Pastor Anthony, that was me today. I'm responding to God. I was far away from God, but today I'm coming back. Come on, all, all across this place. Don't wait. Don't let pride stop you. Thank you, sir. In the middle there, anyone else? Just quickly, you can raise that hand. Thank you, man. All across this place. All across this place. You can raise your hand right now. I'm going to have every person right now stand to your feet I'm going to do something I don't always do but I want to take these moments to not just say that this moment a hand raised is a one moment but I just want to encourage you on that next step um, can you come here Michelle and just shift this out of the way I don't always do this but I feel like I need to do it today you raise your hand or in your heart you said yes to Jesus I'm going to ask our our next step leaders to come on down and I'm going to ask those who raise their hand right now 
to come on down the front and just watch the stairs as you're coming on down. And I'm going to ask you right now to get up out of your seat and just come and make it a bold decision to say, yes, I'm getting my life right with God. Yes, I'm accepting Christ for the very first time. Come on, people are coming right now. Can we give them a hand? Come on, can we give them a hand?